0: clearly do not 93.3 and a.m. 560 kWTO let me tell you something let me tell you something i'm a democrat
1: a liberal voice on a conservative talk show what's the worst that could happen it's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat, Jeff Smith, on 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. Let's get ready to run! Well, Jeff Smith, we should really start calling this show Discussion with the Democrat, because today we're going to talk about drama in the Missouri Senate, and is it really a new thing, or has it always been that way? But first... Question of the day what's the be- most important birthday of somebody's life 21 interesting why 21 Huh? <laughs> i su- i'm thinking 18 i think there's more things that happen than 18 than 21 there's more fun things that happen at 21 oh my god <laughs> what
0: what are the more things that happen at 18 because you can vote
1: you can vote you can like live on your own you can you, you your true independence comes at 18 like in you know as you're growing up there's this you're not responsible for your own decisions your parents are but it slowly starts to swish and at 18 we're talking 90 percent, really 100 percent of your decisions reflect on you no longer on your parents you have to pay the pay the price for them and therefore you get all the freedom Independence at 18, and then you can go back to dependence on something at 21. I think that's the <laughs> ju- <laughs> transition. Aren't you, aren't you doing
0: dry January, Garrett? It was, it was a joke. It was a joke. Okay. It's, Voluntarily, it's though. Yeah. Voluntarily. Voluntarily, because I wanted to. It's there not court-ordered, Jeff. I'm not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, you say 21. Okay, listen. Everybody that listens to the show knows this. Over the last few days, really over the last few weeks, Missouri Senate's been shut down since day one. Filibusters, fights—they're fighting over parking spots and gubernatorial appointments. Everybody blames everybody. I made a joke yesterday. We should—we should just throw the whole Senate out and start fresh. But is it really that unusual to have this much discord and divisiveness in the Missouri Senate? You're a former senator. Is this normal or abnormal? It's totally abnormal. I mean, yeah, people
0: people had their moments when I was there. You know, Jason Crowell certainly had some uh, uh, acrimonious floor debates with, with some other senators. Um, Matt Bartle, who was a very strong pro-life senator, uh, he once did a 17-hour filibuster on his own. Um, but there was never the kind of just vitriolic personal attacks that, that I saw and heard this week in Jeff city, you know, you had a Senator call the president pro tem to his face saying, you're the absolute worst president pro tem of the Senate in Missouri's history. I mean, it was just, you know, calling him a liar on the Senate floor. Um, You know, it it was there was nothing indirect or you know diplomatic about about these uh, these attacks, and you know, frankly, I thought it was unbecoming uh, of the institution. And as one of you know, a few different former senators that are in the building regularly, uh, advocating on different issues, we all just shook our heads and lamented what the Senate's become. So, yes, I think this is meaningfully substantively different from the kinds of arguments that took place say 15 years ago
1: this is really interesting because i just sort of assumed and and you've got a much longer history or sense of history about the missouri senate than i do i assume this sort of vitriol has happened for the last 40 years but the difference was timing that usually it was the last two weeks when everybody was angry and people said things and that the only difference now is that it happened day one instead of with one day to go.
0: No, that's not true. Yes, there are moments. There are moments when tempers flare in the last week of session when everyone's, you know, pressured to try to get their bills to the finish line. But nothing like, you know, three straight weeks of sustained, you know, personal attacks and calling each other liars on the Senate floor. This is this is not something. That I've ever seen, certainly in the first month of session, uh, and certainly not in a way that was this sustained and deep and personal.
1: What okay? Uh, what's the path out? Is or because you know, like I said, you, you had and historically, I everybody. Le- Jason Crowell's a legend because he could tie this set up, but he always seemed to have sort of a this is what I want. If you give me what I want, I'll go away. This now seems to be. I don't know what the path out of this current situation is it seems yeah. that it's gotten so bad there's people that in january are just riding off the session i mean like just don't expect anything
0: yeah i mean it's, i think one of the reasons and we talked a little bit about this a few weeks ago when we talked about some of the things that are fueling a polarization in American politics and in Missouri politics. Do you remember that conversation? I do. Absolutely. Uh, that we had, I mean, I think you've got some of those same factors coming into play right now. You've got people like Bill Igel who's running for governor, you know, Denny Hoskins, who's running for secretary of state. You've got Andrew Koenig, who's running for state treasurer. Uh, and they're all seeing, I I, I would say, I think, they're seeing this as a way to differentiate themselves, being a part of the Freedom Caucus as a way to differentiate themselves from their primary opponents in statewide races. You're seeing some Republican clubs in different counties around the state starting to say, hey, you know, you're, you you know, you're rhinos if you, uh, you know, if you don't bring this bill immediately to the floor this moment. And since the the idols of the world are seeming to gain or believe they're gaining political advantage with grassroots activists by taking these, you know, I think unusual positions that would be very different from Senate precedent in, in, in pushing for the Senate to operate in a different way. They're not going to stop. I think, uh, they're going to keep pushing, uh, and to, to draw this, to, to deepen this schism between the Freedom Caucus and the so-called Republican regulars, the mainstream Republicans in the Senate, because they think it's helping them with the grassroots base in their statewide primaries. That's my assessment of the situation. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they're wrong to do it. I'm not saying they're right to do it. But I think that's what's going on. What do you think?
1: So I, I somewhat agree with you because, you know, and, and again, harkening back to Jason Crowell or Rob Schaff, their intraparty fights were more about policy. We want this bill done, but they just wanted the bill done. Both both Crowell and Rob Schaff, they weren't looking to 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 be promoted afterwards. In the current situation, the voice and the face of this fight are all statewide candidates. They basically band okay. together as like a statewide group of people that are constantly saying we're being put upon. And so it seems less about policy, more about we need to raise our profile so people know who we are because they're all polling at 3% statewide.
0: Yeah, and one of the things that relates to that is that, you know, as Tony Lukemeyer said on the Senate floor and Caleb Rowden said, you know, hey, we're giving you a path here. We'll negotiate with you and we'll say, hey, we'll take those SJRs, the, the Senate resolutions on changes to the initiative petition process. We will refer them to the committee today. We will agree to hear them in committee next week and we'll bring them to the floor uh, right after that. So as was explained on the Senate floor, it would have been like three or four legislative days to give the thing that the freedom caucus was demanding, which was floor t- the getting the IP bill to the Senate floor. And so demanding that it happened today in January, the first month of session, as opposed to one week later, still in the first month of session, seems like a little bit of an, you know, unreasonable demand. Like, they, like, they're refusing to take yes for an answer. And when you look at that, that would, I think, suggest that maybe it's not about policy and maybe it is more about, you know, raising a political profile because the regulars did seem to agree to those demands.
1: Now, the next question I have is this. So, you know, uh, I, and I agree with you. I think the demands from the Freedom Caucus seem totally illogical and unreasonable and did not seem about policy but more about raising profiles. But I also thought that, that the response of leadership to say, we're taking your committee chairmanships and your parking spots, wh- whether or not you agreed with them, came off as petty and, and now have, have galvanized the Freedom Caucus to be like, look how we're put upon, look how awful they're being to us.
0: I agree with you that we should change the name of this segment because- we got to go back to arguing about January 6th because I'm agreeing with everything. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ag- I'm agreeing with everything you're saying today. Um, I, 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 think the freedom Caucus's tactics were, um, were, you know, burn it, basically burn it all down and, and, and not the kind of constructive approach that one would hope a Senator would take, uh, and, and refusing again to take yes or an answer. I also agree that the response was over the top. You don't take someone's parking space because that, Gives them, and I was there when Bill Igel heard that it happened. It gave him a fun thing to laugh about on the Senate floor, and to make again the leadership of the Senate look like you know petty tyrants. I don't think that's what they are, but I think it was an overreach to do that. So, agree with you a hundred percent on on both sides of that. Well, you know we. Get- Next week, can we agree to argue I am sick of this crap, and I don't think your the ownership the management of your station likes it when we get on here and agree on everything All right. and yeah. i don't think, I don't think your audience likes it either, so can we get a topic we can fight about
1: Governor Parsons should should send national guards troops to Texas to stand with Governor Abbott
0: oh my God, yeah
1: buddy let's go it was-
0: Have you not read the Constitution? Do you know anything about federalism? Our international border is not patrolled by a state. It's patrolled by the federal government.
1: And when they abdicate their role, it is incumbent upon those states to provide the protection that the federal government has failed to give them.
0: You probably supported the obviously unconstitutional Second Amendment Preservation Act as well.
1: You probably support terrorists bringing bombs in the United States in Eagle Pass, Texas, as a, as because as we're not attorney. checking them. We don't have a wall. We can't even have barbed wire. We're just saying green light to every terrorist that wants to walk into our country. It's going to happen. Mark my words. You like, and you know no why we don't, killing have kids in you don't have a wall? We don't
0: have a wall. President Trump had a Republican Senate, a Republican
1: Congress, and he couldn't get the wall done. Do you know how much, how many miles of the wall he built? You know, Barack Obama was building a wall. You know that Democrats and Republican presidents have both been working on this wall until Donald Trump started working. And then suddenly everybody's like, well, we can't build a wall. It was a bipartisan idea until Donald Trump decided it was a good one. And then suddenly everybody else said it's a bad idea. Then why couldn't he get it done, Elijah? He... You can't build a, a ten thousand miles of wall in four years. It takes years to get it done. Joe Biden stopped the construction. All the all the, the 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 building materials they have are either being sold off or sitting, collecting mothballs. You had Governor Ducey down in Arizona last year, taking empty shipping containers and trying to rig a wall because they they're having the same problem that Texas is having. And now you've got you've got cities like New York being like. Oh, we've got too, I mean, too many illegal immigrants that are coming across the southern border. We have a state of emergency. What else is Texas supposed to do when the when Joe Biden says, nope, you can't protect your southern border?
0: What I would like to see is a more constructive approach where instead of dumping human beings in other cities and states and using them as political props, I would love to see a more constructive approach. I agree with you that blue states and non-border states need to step up and and. I think it has actually been an effective, uh, to, to some degree, it, is, it has been an effective political tactic, but I don't like to see human beings used as props. And I'd love to see more collaboration from mayors of cities all over the country to say, hey, we could absorb 500 people instead of just having thousands of people dumped in an uncoordinated fashion in certain places, which is just exacerbating the crisis that we have instead of actually trying to address it.
1: Now, I actually uh, disagree with you when you if you I, I talked to some people that just came back from a missions trip to Central America. They were telling me how it has been decimated because so many young to middle aged men in Central America have left their families either because they've become mules for the cartels or or because they've been they've been sent across the border and and. Back in Central America, they have a crisis because males 18 to 40 are, are just generally missing. There's a whole host of families that don't have men there now. And so this organization out of Springfield is going there. They're building homes for women and children that don't have men there in Central America.
0: You're telling me there's a surfeit of single women in their 20s and 30s.
1: Huh? Jeff, you, you are welcome. We we should get you on a plane to Central America. You, you would you, you could certainly come back with a with a brand new wife if you want to.
0: I've always been interested in the Christian mission. <laughs>
1: Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, I I think this has been one of my favorite. We went to discussion, to debate, to uh, to to nice finish. Uh, if people want to follow along with you, hear more about the work that you're doing, or just listen to your uh, sar- sarcastic and sardonic replies on X, how do they do that?
0: They can follow me at Jeff Smith Mo, at Jeff Smith M O.
1: Jeff, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me on. Have a great weekend.
1: You too. All right, that was Jeff Smith. We're going to be right back. Wrap up the show. Stick around. Fell that win win. Blow cold. Man learns who's there for him When the
0: glitter fades and the walls won't hold Cause from then rubble What remains can only be what's true